The Joker by Scott Leopold, Chapter 15 When Amanda came to visit me, I wanted to tell her what Cy did to me, but I didn't want her to think I was weak, so I kept it to myself like a breath of air you learn to breathe in without gasping so nobody notices you're hurting. Are you all right, Jack? You seem very troubled today, Amanda asked. I'm having trouble sleeping, I replied. Your medicine should help with that. That makes my nightmares more intense, remember? Ah, yes, sorry, I forgot about that. Amanda thought for a moment. Have you tried meditation? No. Before bedtime, try to focus your attention on your breath. How your body moves with each inhalation and exhalation. Forget about everything else. I don't think that'll work, but I'll give it a try, I replied. Good. So tell me, what are your nightmares about? I slipped and told her about Sai. Who is Sai? she asked. He was my stepdad. Did he hurt you? You have no idea. How did he hurt you? she probed. I don't want to talk about that right now, I replied. I became defensive. Something triggered in me that made me want to cry. I held it back. Try writing about it, Jack. I think it will be helpful. I nodded my head in agreement. Jack, I'm worried about you. You don't you don't look good right now. I, I need to be alone, I replied. That was a lie. I wanted Amanda to hold me. I wanted her to run her fingers through my hair like Grandma Daisy used to do. Well, then I will leave you be, but I will come back and check on you before I leave tonight. When Amanda left, I was all alone. I wanted to go to sleep, but my fear of sigh kept me from sleeping. So I wrote in my journal, journal entry. After the incident with the new Church of Christ, my mother went completely off the rails. She popped pills and chased after sex and her need to escape reality. She dug a hole so deep she eventually gave up on ever getting out. There was never any food in the house and my mother would leave me alone for days at a time. In a two week period, I don't think Grandpa Bob saw one sober day. At this point, his drinking was no longer fun. It was a sickness. He was now drinking to avoid the painful crash he knew was inevitable. Grandpa Bob would wake up late in the morning take a shot of whiskey, and do it all over again. Hair of the dog, he would say. Every day started the same. No breakfast or hello, just booze. He was now missing work regularly, and Morris, Grandpa Bob's boss, had enough. When Grandpa Bob got fired, he didn't bother telling my mother. He would pretend to go to work. At first, I thought he did it for my mother's benefit, but then I realized it made him feel better about himself. It made him feel like he had a purpose, that somehow what he was doing was okay. When I got home from school, I found a notice on the front door that said eviction warning. I knew from experience that soon our keys would no longer work and I would have to spend a few days in the same clothes looking for a place to sleep while Grandpa Bob got his shit together. I would not let this happen again, so I went looking for him. Riding my bike through town, I found the alley cat tucked beside the auto body shop where the alley intersected with Broderpool Avenue. 
I parked my bike and opened the heavy metal door that protected my grandfather from the real world. As soon as I walked in, I could smell cigarette smoke. All the voices sounded like one giant screeching sound. What if I can't find him, I thought. Then I heard the laugh that identified Grandpa Bob no matter where he was. He was sitting next to a girl with dirty blonde hair, the blonde you get when you bleach it with peroxide. She was wearing a tight shirt that showed off her boobs. She had to be half his age. Pointing at me, Grandpa Bob chuckled, That's my boy! Then he looked at the girl with big boobs. Tina, show my boy your tits! He busted out laughing. Without hesitation, Tina lifted her shirt and gave me more than an eyeful. I had seen women's breasts in magazines I found while dumpster diving with my friends, but never in real life. My heart was racing like I was being chased in one of my nightmares, pounding hard against my rib cage when I couldn't run. Covered in sweat, I stared at her tits, unwilling to blink until she pulled down her shirt. I stood there frozen while everyone in the bar laughed at me. What do you need, Jack? Grandpa Bob asked. It's private, Grandpa. Oh, come on, tell me. What is it? He said, trying to impress Tina. I need to tell you in private, I said. Please go out, go outside with me so we can talk. Don't you have friends to go play with, he said. Now he was irritated with our exchange. Yes, but this is important, Grandpa. Then say it, Jack. Feeling I had no choice, I shouted, We're being evicted. My grandfather glared at me, grinding his teeth. I could see he was angry with me for embarrassing him in front of Tina. Go on, Jack. That's an adult matter. I'll take care of it. Then he glanced over at Tina. He doesn't understand what's going on. My landlord's a real asshole and fixes nothing. So I withhold my rent until the work gets done. In return, he threatens to evict us. It's just a game I have to play to get shit done, Grandpa Bob explained. Looking back at me, he shouted, Hey, don't look at me like I stole your candy. It'll be fine. Now go play. It wasn't long before they evicted us and I was looking for a place to stay. My mother and Grandpa Bob went missing. I suppose they were embarrassed or hiding. Either way, someone called Child Protective Services and they took me into custody again. When they found my mother, they arrested and charged her with child neglect. By court order, she had to check herself in to Fairbanks. Thank God for Grandma Daisy. She fought hard and got temporary custody of me. I have no idea what happened at Fairbanks, but after my mother got out, she married a guy named Cy and had two kids with him. When the court felt my mother was stable, they allowed me to visit her over the summer break and one week in a month during the school year. At first, my mother and Cy could control their drinking, but my mother, being her reckless self, got restless. I guess the stress of having kids got to her. A casual glass of wine turned into several, which triggered her need for something stronger. It was straight downhill from there. Sai, trying to escape the humiliation of her actions, also started drinking heavily. They had unconsciously formed a bond that enabled the, each other's addictions. 
Sai was having violent mood swings every day now. His frustration would grow when we didn't understand his delusions. Like two dogs fighting over a bone, my mother and Sai would argue, screaming at each other for hours. Eventually, my mother would storm out of the house, leaving Sai alone with me, my brother and sister. I suspect she planned the whole thing out so she could go party with her new friends in Beach Grove. When Sai heard rumors that my mother was cheating on him, he lost it. People were even questioning whether little Mikey was even Sai's. The louder the gossip got, the more violent his mood swings became. My mother stayed away from him out of fear that he would hurt her. Sai liked to hang out in the garage doing crazy people shit. He would write license plates numbers down on small pieces of paper and tape them all over the walls. Then he would pin lines of string between the number numbers in random patterns that only he understood. Sai was definitely very different from anyone else in his family. Even though he only went to grade school for two years, he was remarkably intelligent. This made him stand out from the rest of his illiterate siblings. When I say they were illiterate, I mean they couldn't even write their names on a piece of paper. One morning, I walked in on Sai while I was getting my bike. He asked me lots of questions about the project he was working on. I knew if I didn't answer, he would become very suspicious, frustrated, and yell. I quickly learned how to placate him by answering his question with a question of my own. For example, one day, Sai asked me a question about a problem he was working on. What do you see with the, within these numbers, he said, pointing them out on the walls. I quickly responded, um, I think uh, there might be a math connection. Why is there a string between them? I see, yes, yes, I see, Sai replied over and over, thinking about my answer. I find a difference divisible by 17, yes, yes, I see, I find by 17, I see, yes, yes. While Sai was talking to himself, staring at the numbers on the wall, I slipped out of the garage. I promised myself not to do that again. But despite my promise, I snuck back into the garage one evening when I thought Sai wasn't home. All I needed was a bike pump. This time, Sai was working on a funny-looking metal box with the words Commodore 64 on the front. I was afraid to ask what it was. When Sai saw me looking at the metal contraption, he explained it was a personal computer, one he was disassembling to see how it worked. Sai was wearing a pair of magnifying glasses on his head that made his eyes look ten times bigger than they really were. I couldn't help but think of the movie The Fly. You know what I really think it is? Sai asked. I didn't know what to think, but being nice to Sai had its advantages. What is it? The government is spying on us. See, we've plug this into our television and then they can watch what we do they have rooms full of computers collecting all this data i'm finding out how it works so i can reverse engineer it and figure out a way to watch the government all i need to do is follow their connections track their relays back and learn where their control center is located he was now talking to the computer console i grabbed my bike pump and got the hell out of there as fast as i could Sometimes Sai's mood turned so sour he was evil. 
It normally came after he was drinking. In my mother's manipulative pattern, she would frustrate him and then storm out of the house, leaving me to deal with the aftermath. My mother was a master manipulator. She knew how to work people, and Cy was one of her favorite victims. If she wanted the house to herself, she would pick a fight, then kick Cy out. If he refused to leave, she would then threaten to call the police. While Cy was gone, she would throw all his stuff in the front lawn. During one of her fits of rage, I joined her. We threw Cy's clothes everywhere. Then I hammered holes in my bedroom walls. Picturing Cy's face as I destroyed the drywall, it felt so good. Every whack of the hammer released all the pent-up anger in me. Before I knew it, I filled the room with a fog of dust. When my mother saw the damage the next morning, she nearly flipped. She knew if Cy saw what I did to my walls, he would go crazy. She was afraid he would hurt me. Not knowing how to fix drywall, she went to Kmart and bought as many posters as she could find. Before Cy returned home, she had the walls of my room covered. <laughs>